and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. So my name is Rosie and I'm here with Jeremy and today we are joined by Jojo who's a very, very special guest. Um, Jeremy's going to introduce her properly as always, but thank you so much for tuning in and we really hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you guys for joining us again and thank you Jojo for being with us today. My pleasure. It's nice to be on the other side yeah, this time. <laughs> Yeah, you were actually with us back in April because it was for Rosie's birthday. Yeah. Uh, it was one of our first episodes, uh, actually. And yeah, you were there as a co-host uh, to help me out. <laughs> so yeah, today you're on the other side. Um, you're actually one of the first friends we had in Miami. Yeah. Because we met you in 2018, so two years ago, uh, at the... Winwood Yard, miss you guys. Yes. <laughs> we were at the um, debris free ocean, ocean cleanup, cleanup, the pub yeah. crawl. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember, I remember meeting you guys there too. And it was, it was such a fun, fun event. Yeah, um, it, was, yeah. it was where we were doing good for the environment by picking up trash around Winwood and also having fun by stopping at different bars and yeah. locations and sampling their drinks and connecting with people which i thought was was really special so yeah, yeah. i loved it yeah um and yeah when in the conversation you you told us about daybreaker uh, we didn't know anything about it. We didn't know I what it was. I heard of it and I was like, oh, I know there's something about a dance party, but I had no idea like what actually it was. So you told us about it. Yeah, you told us about it and and you told us, well, if you're new in Miami and if you want to meet people, uh, that's a good place to start. Um, so you should come along at the next one. And I'm not sure exactly how like when it was, but a few weeks later, probably, uh, we came along and and that's the... And the rest is history, like people say. I've got to say, <laughs> meeting you in Daybreak completely changed our whole Miami experience. So thank yeah. you so much for like talking to us on that day and for inviting us and for including us in this community. Because I think otherwise, like I said, I think before then we didn't really have any friends. And it was kind of, we were enjoying ourselves. But it was a completely different experience to how it is now having like a community of people that we can, yeah. you know, call up and speak to. And so thank you so much for that. <laughs> of course. And thank you for dedicating so much time and volunteering for Daybreaker. I mean, you guys are one of our most reliable mischief makers. Like that's what we call um, our volunteers at Daybreaker. And you really just you really just made the community as well. So like without you guys, it wouldn't have been the same. And I'm very grateful as well that we met and you guys were open to joining some wild people that danced <laughs> <laughs> in the morning with no alcohol or anything and just being themselves. So yeah, it was really fun and it's an amazing community. Um, yeah. And and, and, you know, like many people, I mean, we can go more into it, but many people that I've met have told me how they've met people. Like now they're really good friends at Daybreaker, which just makes me feel so fulfilled and mm -hmm. happy because it's it's one of the best communities in Miami, in my opinion. So yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And just to bounce back on what Rosie was saying, I feel um, before meeting the Daybreaker community, I felt like we were tourists in Miami. Mm. We were still enjoying the Miami as it's new. So the things to do every weekend and everything. But then, you know, like after a few months, you reach a point where 
well, you want to actually get to know people and 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 build friendships and and stuff like that. And and I think meeting you and then going to Daybreaker was the beginning of this new transition to yeah. actually being a, a tourist living in Miami to creating a life in Miami in a sense, you know? Yeah. That was the the tipping point, I think. Yeah. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Anyway, this podcast is about you. <laughs> <laughs> Not about which us. which which daybreaker so, is a huge part of my life. So yes. <laughs> yeah. So talk to us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, like right very early days, what happened there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was born in Malaysia. Um, and I lived there until I was nine years old. And I then moved to the United States after that. And the first place that I lived in the States was in New York. Um, And how that happened is my parents actually separated. um, And I always felt this, this closeness to my mom. And, you know, like that, I I always knew like she, she was the person like I would want to be with no matter what happens in my life, you know. So when she had told me that she was going to New York. Um, well, I guess I can I can give you more information on like how that all happened. This is about like my life, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so like ha- what happened was is like I was I was little, like I was I was eight at the time, and my my mom had told me that she was going on vacation to New York. You know, she didn't tell me that she was moving there, and she didn't tell me that at the time because I was so little and probably wouldn't understand and comprehend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that point in her life, she had decided that she wanted to separate from my father. And she actually met my stepdad now, who's my dad, and I love him so much. Like, he's the figure, like the father figure in my life. And he, they had met over the internet. And this was back in the day when internet didn't even like it, it just started, you know, yeah. like where we had dial up internet and you had to like, you remember the, the little like ringtone or whatever. Exactly. Like <laughs> back advice. then. And they actually met on ICQ, which is a chat oh. site. Remember like how we used to have those messenger yeah. chat sites. Um, and, and my dad was a host of one of the chat rooms and like, that's how they connected. And they didn't, they spoke for about a year for quite some time, but didn't really see each other. Right. Because back in the day, like we didn't have what we have now. We don't have FaceTime. There was no Skype, no like zoom, anything like that. So like, it was just pictures and my, my mom took a chance because she, she felt like this was the person that she was supposed to be with. And he lives in New York at the time. So she decided to take this trip to New York. That was brave. Very, very brave, you know? I mean, it's like my mom had built her whole life there. She lived there for like almost 20 years. And she was leaving her kids behind, which I'm sure was a very scary thing for her to do. But I guess when you're that unhappy in a point of your life with your relationship and you, you know, you, you, just, you just take the risk, right? Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, don't, don't normalize it because most people don't, I think. True. You know, that's it's true. Not, it's yeah. not like something that everyone does. Um, yeah. Most people just stay where they are and just complain about it and don't do anything about it. That's also, very if, true. If you like back in, back in the days, like... <laughs> You, we didn't have Facebook to check someone, you know, like you right. can check the profile and see 
oh, is this guy okay? Does he look dodgy? Whatever. <laughs> you, yeah. I mean, you, we didn't have much to do some stalking or whatever. Yeah, that's so, <laughs> so true. I mean, it must have been pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it was very scary. And like, yeah, you said, there's not much um, stalking that you can do. Yeah. <laughs> it was more like it was just phone calls that they could have, and you know, I'm sure those were pretty limited too, because back like calling international was probably very, very expensive. Um, and maybe a few pictures here and there, but I guess when you feel something, you feel something. And my mom went with her instincts and she traveled to the other side of the world. Um, and when, when she did, like, like I told, mentioned before, she didn't tell um, me that it was, it was more than a vacation. You know, she had told my brother, I have an older brother, by the way, um, Michael is his name. And she had told him what was going on because he's older and was able to like, you know, understand stuff like that. But after like a few weeks of her not coming back, I was kind of like, all right, like where, where's mom? <laughs> you know, like I thought she was supposed to come back over a couple of weeks. Um, and I'm sure that she also didn't want to risk saying that she's moving there because in case it didn't work out, you know, like yeah. she's going to meet this guy for the first time and, and not know like what the result may be. So maybe she would have come back if it didn't work out. So anyways, like long story short, happily enough, like they they were they were in love with each other and she wanted to stay there. So she had told me like, all right, like this is what's going on and I'm not I'm not gonna be coming back to Malaysia. And at first I was very confused. I was very um, like, I, I was sad, you know, like hearing this, like, oh my goodness, like my mom's not coming back. I felt very scared because I didn't really have um, much of a relationship with my father. He was always this person that just went to work all day, came home, ate dinner, went mm -hmm. to bed and like had that cycle and didn't really spend too much time connecting um, with me. And and I always knew I was like, all right, well, I don't I didn't really feel like I, I remember actually like from very little, I I was sitting on the couch. I think I must have been like four or five years old, like something really young. And I had a moment where I was like, he's not meant to be my dad. Like, I just thought that like in my mind and I still like vividly remember the memory. And I was sitting there like eating these like potato chips. <laughs> and I remember that. And I didn't really know what that meant until like today, you know? So I knew that I wanted to go move with my mom to the United States. But actually right before that, 9-11 um, had just happened. Mm. So at first we, you know, like my mom's like, all right, I'm going to try to figure out how to get my kids there. And we are in Malaysia, which is primarily like a Muslim country. So we applied for a visa for my brother and I to go to the United States, but they actually denied us. Like it took almost a year, the process, you know, for us to be able to get there. And then my mom like had a light bulb like go off in her head because she's actually um, British. So she was born in England and she's like, wait, like, well, let me just change their citizenship to to become British you know so I could get a British passport oh. so yeah so that's like and that like we applied for that for her kids to become British citizens and stuff like that and with that too like I had to um renounce my Malaysian passport because I don't think they allowed to have hmm. two like dual citizenship 
So, but that was the only way for me to, for myself and my brother to be able to get to the United States, you know, because they denied us at the visa. So the whole process of everything took like a, like a year or more, but I'll just, I'll never forget like the, the first time, like I was able to see my mom again, like after not seeing her for like a year plus, it was, it was a very special moment and getting to meet like my dad now um, at the airport, it was, it was really beautiful. So that was my, that was my first place that I moved after Malaysia. And we lived in New York for about four years. Um, so I spent my middle school years there. And then after that, I moved to Melbourne, Florida. Um, and, and how that happened was, is, you know, like my mom and my dad, they started an online business together. And in, in the time when we were living in New York, I mean, New York is pretty expensive, like to live in and you don't, you don't get much for your, your money, you know, like we were living in an apartment. I mean, it was a, a beautiful apartment, but they wanted more, like they wanted to, they wanted to have like a yard, they wanted to have a house and we were living in Queens at the time. So um, after after elementary school, because they had this online business and they knew like all they needed was internet to be able to work, like it was it was pretty um, easy for them to like say like, all right, like let's go find somewhere that's better. Hmm. And that's how we ended up in Melbourne, Florida is, um, is because like, they were the weather is great in Florida, you know, we're able to have a pool, we're able to get a house, we're able to have a yard and all this stuff. And, and they picked that place, um, or that location because of, you know, school's good over there, stuff like that. So yeah, so I lived in Melbourne, Florida for through middle school and high school, um, and met so many amazing friends there that, you know, to this day, I'm still in contact with Actually, next year is my 10-year high school reunion, (laughs) so we'll see. I mean, I'm excited to go and, like, see what everybody's, like, up to in life now, and, and yeah, I don't know, so (laughs) that's that. And then how I ended up in Miami is I wanted, like, decided, like, in high school when I was kind of thinking about college and stuff like that, um, I was like, all right, well, I want to go into hospitality. Like, I've always been a people person. I've always loved helping people. Like I've just, I just know, like, I just want to be around people in my life, you know? So I started looking at schools that, um, had the hospitality degree and Florida international university. So like FIU, um, also had, it has one, I don't know if it still does today, but at the time when I was like researching and stuff, they have one of the best schools in the country actually for hospitality. Um, and I applied to several different schools in, in Florida and one also being, um, UCF, like University of Central Florida, which is or in Orlando, which is very close to, um, Melbourne. So it was like 45 minutes away from Melbourne, but, but my dad, like being from New York, being from a big city, he was like, no, you, you, you need to get out of your comfort zone and go a little bit further because like. Melbourne is a very small town, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's great, but like, there's not as much opportunity there as there is here in Miami. So he didn't want me to be stuck so close to home and be like, get stuck in living in Melbourne after, you know, like not getting out of my comfort zone. So like, imagine like I was going to 
a school that's like 45 minutes away versus like three and a half hours away, I'd probably come home like way more on the weekends and stuff like that. So they just like wanted me to have like this experience of being like an individual adult, like having college life and stuff like that. So, and also very cool. Yeah. Cause most, most, I feel most parents would say like, why would you go? I mean, well, why would you go over there just stay here you know so i can see you every weekend and <laughs> no yeah it's so true cool. um yeah they're always they're always looking like for the best for me like no matter what you know they just want me to thrive in everything and that it shows like from a very young age mm-hmm. so yeah that's how i ended up in miami and i have been here ever since <laughs> so next year 10 year high school reunion and also 10 years in Miami. Mm. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, just to go back on everything you said, um, mm-hmm. you're obviously young, nine years old, but how, how did you feel about leaving Malaysia? Was it just excitement in terms of I'm going to see my mom again and that was taking over everything else or, or some sadness about leaving your country, your friends, your your dad, even if you didn't have this connection, I mean, he's still someone in your life, so. Honestly, I don't really remember having that many, um, like, it, it wasn't very sad for me. I think, okay. yeah, I was mostly excited. I, I, you know, I had a life there, but I, I also, like, didn't really feel very connected. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird feeling because like you, you never, I don't know how to describe it, but like at that young age, like I yeah, just never I'm nine felt... or 10 years old. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. still pretty young. So, I mean, it's easier yeah. to adjust at this age, obviously, than if you're yeah. like 14 years old or 15 years old. But... Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely like some family members there that I, I miss and like my grandmother, like we were really close and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. But overall, like I, I don't remember really being too, like emotional about leaving I was just more excited about like this new chapter and also like being able to like be reunited with my mom I think that was like the biggest thing it was like the one of like the hardest years of my life honestly I was gonna say yeah this this year must have been a roller coaster emotionally yeah it was um it was definitely a roller coaster it was it was a it was a lot like honestly I feel like that year I became an adult like at nine years old you know Mm -hmm. because um the I was you know like I I just had to take care of myself because my dad or my father like was working so much and he he wasn't really home that much like I would go to my grandmother's like quite often but like whenever um he like I wasn't there like I was mostly like at home by myself and and yeah I just like I remember even like cooking meals (laughs) for myself at like nine years old and and just like and with the stove and like everything which i'm not sure if it's the safest thing in the world <laughs> but i feel like i grew up really fast yeah. in that year and i was just like excited to to be with my mom again so and how did that affect your relationship with your brother did that bring you like closer to have this yeah. yeah yeah so my brother and i um it really did because he would take me as many places as he could okay. you know like i remember always going to like coffee shops with like him and his friends and like chilling and and stuff like i mean of course he had like his own life too but he he's always been amazing and um you know like now he lives in england actually he doesn't live in malaysia anymore um and he's he's one of those people that like you don't have to speak to all the time but you're still really close like when you do you know and that's how like our relationship is like i mean we 
we speak maybe like every month or like even sometimes a little bit longer um but like no matter what like we were we're still like very close with each other and yeah we definitely became like really close in that time too so when you said that you met your mom at the airport and you were so mm-hmm. excited that literally brought tears to my eyes <laughs> it's so sweet. I can imagine like you know like in films where they like they're separated for a long time like I don't know it got me quite emotional yeah but I was gonna ask did you was that like a culture shock in terms of going from Malaysia to New York because I mean New York in itself is a crazy place to kind of be put at 10 years old and be like here's your new life yeah how did you do you remember that how was that it was a it was a little bit of a culture shock and I I mean I remember because also I'm half Asian so I remember like kids all making fun of me for being Asian and actually um I didn't embrace my Asian middle name until my adult years and I used to tell people like I don't have one you know because people would make fun of me for it and also like another thing was was when I moved to New York is um like the school system is different in Malaysia and I actually got held back um because they also thought like maybe English is not my first language and stuff like that because they speak English in Malaysia but their their native language is Malay so I I got held back and like I was always so afraid of telling people like how old I really was, you know, like I was pretending to be like this person I wasn't when I was that young. Um, but it was I mean, I, I made friends really quickly, but there were always like these these kids that, you know, and I feel like everybody goes through that where there's these kids that are not the nicest to them, but they would make fun of me for being like Asian or something. And yeah, I mean it was but I I loved like coming to America though (laughs) I was like wow especially coming to New York and like and I'll never forget to so I came in March I believe and April so like a month after I got here or got to the states it we had a snowstorm a huge snowstorm (laughs) and it's really rare to have a snowstorm in April because like it's spring you know Mm -hmm. so it was really cool that like I never seen snow in my entire life and then all of a sudden like I got here and I felt like this snowstorm just happened because of <laughs> for me and it was really fun to to experience that but yeah I mean it was a little bit of a culture shock but at the same time like I overall like had a positive experience with the exception of like a few kids here and there so yeah so I have to ask you what your middle name is it's actually so it's Xiaoling. Mm. Yeah. And it means small and cute. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, it's so cute. <laughs> I know. It's literally what it interprets to be. Um, yeah. So in, in in Malaysia or in any Asian country, the middle name's actually like at the end. So it would de- it would technically be Joanne Lee Xiaoling. Okay. But here it's Joanne Xiaoling Lee, but I don't I don't really use it too often anymore. But now I I'm like I'm like cool with telling you what it is. But back in the day, I was just like I don't have a middle name. Yeah. What like what is the middle name? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we so. don't have that in Malaysia. <laughs> no. So yeah. Um. All right. So if we move back to Miami now, mm-hmm. um, I can see the whole thing like you're a people person you want 
do <laughs> all these things. Uh, obviously, you you went on the right path <laughs> that was meant to be. You didn't got it wrong. <laughs> um, what what was attracting you in that? Because uh, I mean, being friendly and and being with people around is one thing, but mm-hmm. decided to do that as a job is something else, and it's not like the most conventional path that you know like you hear or parents recommend or teacher recommend like on a get go so yeah. where, where is that coming from i've always just had this desire to help people i don't know like i just i just want to be there for people all the time you know like and and i and i've had that like ever since i was little and also music has been a really big part of my life and when i was in college i started going to music festivals and i had you know at this time i was already on the like i already decided that i was going to study hospitality um but when i went to electric daisy carnival in orlando edc festival um i had a very like awakening moment where i knew like this is like what i want to do mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i'll never forget i was like in i was at the festival I, i don't remember which day it was but i think it was it was a two-day festival at the time i think it's three day now yeah. um but i was there and i was in the i was like i stood like stood in the back of the crowd i mean there's like thousands of people at this festival and i just remember at one moment like looking around and you know absorbing my surroundings and thinking to myself i was just like wow like everybody here is having the best time you know like these people because at at you know like at festivals people dress up and like they wear things that they don't usually wear but most yeah. of the time it's how they really want to express themselves you know and people were connecting with each other they were dancing and like everything and and i was just like wow like this is what i want to do like people here are so happy and that's what like the space that i want to create you know and and that is to me helping people you're giving them a opportunity to express themselves freely without judgment um you're giving them a space to disconnect which i think is really important as well and you're you're giving them an opportunity to connect it's like disconnect mm-hmm. connect and freedom of expression you know and i i just like was like wow this is so beautiful and i was like this is what i want to do this is what i'm passionate about because like all my life too like i've loved music so much like i'm not i'm not the best singer but and i don't necessarily play an instrument even though like i know if i dedicated my time i probably could but i knew like i wanted to do something with like music and, and community and just doing that so like i was like all right like my dream is to create a festival <laughs> you know like that's that's where i knew like i found my passion and i was like this is what i'm going to yeah. do and then i started looking more into like the company itself and i just really love like everything that they do like i mean there's there's some events that i don't really resonate with some festivals i don't but like for like edc in particular i like the founder's name is pasquale rotella and i think that he's just really com- created a beautiful community and he gives back to the world which is is super awesome as well so like a, i believe it's like $1 from every ticket is donated to a charity and 
a more a, a higher percentage goes like on VIP tickets go to a charity and he picks one every single year you know so it's just little things like that that just make a difference in the world and that's also helping yeah. people right like i feel like all these things just really help people and so yeah i mean i i was in college at the time i was studying hospitality then i worked in a restaurant i got a job at a hotel and all these things were great and they've made me the person that i am today like in terms of my skills and what I'm good at and stuff like that. But I always still knew that like, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Like I just kept trying to find that path to creating like a festival of my own. So that'll be yeah. coming soon. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's come to that in a minute. Um, let's go into how you got involved into Daybreaker first. Yeah. Cause I feel that's the beginning, like the first big step of this journey. Yeah, it's so definitely. Um, so how I got into Daybreaker. So at the time, well, I was you're working. Groupie of Fabio. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely because of Fabio. Um, there's a there's like a story to it, and it's just like a story that shows how like sometimes in life like timing is amazing and everything just falls into place mm -hmm. like even though you're like ah oh, this is not what i want but then if you just trust like it will all happen when it's supposed to um so i was working at the hilton hotel at the time and um i was there for like three and a half years already you know i met some amazing friends there my my best friends in my life are still like to this day from when I met at that job, like, you know, so if anything too, beyond the skills, like that place, like really connected me with people that are super important in my life now. Um, but at the time, like working at a hotel, like, you know, like hotels don't close, like hotels are open 24 seven, hotels are open on holidays. And also the, the job didn't give me stability of a schedule so like it's based on demand so like every every week my schedule would change like I would never know what I was like what my life would be like until like the week before you know right. so it was very hard for me to like even though I knew like all right I want to I want to do events like I want to do things in music that I'm passionate about like when you don't have stability in your life and you can't really plan how to like work on your passion projects yeah. you know and also like it was exhausting because sometimes I would work seven in the morning until like four in the afternoon or sometimes it would be like three until like one in the morning. So like having that schedule also not being like consistent in terms of day and night was like it yeah, just it's not it the was right very... environment. Yeah, it's not, it's not. No, it wasn't like um, so. I was like, all right, like, and at that time, I I decided I was like, I just, like, I was just like praying to, I don't know, like the universe, like something. I was like, all I want is a nine to five job. I was like, I don't care like what it is, but all I want is a nine to five, you know, just to give me that stability so I could start working on things that I like like in my life. Um, and then I found a job at Crystal Cruises, and I started working with them. And funny enough, it it was literally in the same building as the the Hilton hotel <laughs> that I worked I worked at and if you guys want to think like say something funny like even funnier so the Hilton and Crystal Cruises and I didn't know this before I got the jobs there um were are owned by 
the same company. So Genting is the company. Okay. And I used to go to Genting resorts in Malaysia as a kid. Like that's where they're from. Like that's where their origin is. And it was just, I, I also have a picture of me when I was like little, maybe like three, four years old with a shirt that says Genting. And it's just like, I ended up like working for the companies that I used to, you know, like go to vacation in, in Malaysia. How weird. Um, so I got the nine to five and I started to have more of that stability in my life. And so my best friend and I, Daryl, who I met at the Hilton, um, that was like when we were partying, you know, like the age of partying and going out and, and dancing. I mean, I still do it once in a while, but not not the same way. Um, but we we discovered these amazing DJs named Dude Skywalker. And we literally just like became their groupies. Like we were obsessed with them, you know, like we would go. We were just like wherever they were playing, like we would go and we would show up and we would dance until the end of the night. And Fabio, which is one half of Dude Skywalker, the other half is Alex, um, started noticing like that we were going to their parties all the time and acknowledging us and like saying, hey, like, what's up? And the first time like Fabio and I ever had a real conversation with each other, um, because, you know, it's loud in the club, like you can't really talk that well. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Not the best place to talk, but we did somehow find one club the electric pickle like to sit out back and like talk to each other and like kind of get to know each other a little bit and like one of the first things that i told him was like my dream is to create a festival you know and i wasn't telling him because like i was expecting anything i was just like sharing because like i always like i'm so passionate about it that i tell people all the time you know like like oh that's what i want to do and then he um like shortly after that conversation he we were, we were staying in contact like about like going to shows and stuff. And then he was telling me that he's like, I'm going to interview for this um, producer role for Daybreaker. And I didn't know what Daybreaker was at the time. I mean, it was very new in Miami. They had only had a few events, um, but yeah, like the, the producer that they had at the time was moving to another state. So they needed to fill the role and he had recommended Fabio. So Fabio went and then he got the position um, as producer of Daybreaker Miami and then I when he told me that I was like I would love to like help you like I don't know you know what that means like whatever but I just like would love to just be part of this like if I can and he told me that they were looking for volunteers mischief makers and I was like all right like I'm down you know like and now I have the stability right because yeah. I have this nine to five so I can commit to volunteering for things so I went and I volunteered at like a few daybreakers and and then I became his co-producer and soon like now we share the role equally but like you know I volunteered then became co-producer and now like we're both producers of Daybreaker together so um and I remember like one one of the first tasks well one of the first Daybreakers that I went to, I wasn't co-producing with him, but I was just volunteering. Um, and it was, it was, it was a disaster. <laughs> like, <laughs> to say the least. Like, I remember was, you told me that. It was not the, the most prideful moment of Daybreaker. Like it was at this venue, um, RC Cola plants. And oh, this yeah. was also back when Daybreaker was at 6am in the morning in Miami, right. like on the weekday. 
and there was just like no organization like anything it was just very very messy and like Fabio knows like can speak to this too like (laughs) we both have expressed how like wow that was like the probably our worst events that we've ever had but you know like people still loved it like everything but like when you're behind the scenes like you notice everything um and I remember from like that moment I was like all right Fabio like I really want to help you to make this better and like if in order for us to make this better we need to have at least three meetings before our next defense like we need to meet and we need to map out a plan we need to do everything and and our first meeting he was he like gave me the task he's like all right well we need to have volunteers like because I was the only volunteer at the time you know like I was I was like the only mischief maker and he's like we need to have a team of at least 10 people and in my mind I was like oh boy like 10 people is a lot of people you know like that's not an easy challenge but like outside I was like all right yeah let's do it you know I was like faking it till I could Mm -hmm. make it (laughs) and um and then when I was at this event, I was like, like at the next one, I was like, all right, like, and I didn't want to ask my friends to be volunteers, yeah. you know, because I also didn't want things to get weird between a friendship if like, in case they don't show up on time or something. And I learned that like in my previous job where like I, I worked my way. Yeah, like I worked my way up to become manager at the Hilton and all along then like we were all like friends, right? And then like when it was time to like I didn't like correct them or like be a manager, like it felt really awkward because like we've been friends this whole time. So I was like, I don't wanna ask my friends to volunteer, so I need to find like a way to find ten other volunteers that that don't um that don't I don't have much of a relationship with. So then I like I went to the next party and I was just like, all right, well, what other way to find people to volunteer by by I just like then the ones that are already there, you know? So my the first person I asked was Corey. Mm. You know, you guys know Corey. Corey um is literally our first volunteer ever or the first person I asked and then became a volunteer but he was just having the time of his life on the dance floor (laughs) you know like dancing and interacting with everyone and just like I just his energy was unstoppable and I I went up to him and I was like you know hey we're looking for volunteers like would this be something that interests you and he's like yeah of course and it was super cool and then and then Brenton was the second one that I asked at the same event um and I approached Brenton for a different reason I approached him because he was more on the sidelines yeah and (laughs) different style than Corey and I thought that maybe like if he was a volunteer it might involve him to be more part of the community Mm -hmm. you know and at first he said no but then he like came back and like said yes you know and Brenton actually has been the like one of the um mischief makers that has brought like the most other mischief makers so he's brought like other friends recommended them to like join and stuff like that so like that event like I found the two of them and they're the only two people I've ever asked actually like hey Mm. do you want to volunteer for daybreaker like everybody else like has come to the event loved it and just offered their help after or have been a recommendation for like someone else so yeah <laughs> and now a few years later look at that well not now but <laughs> yeah like you got an average of like 300 people showing up at every event 
yeah so before before (laughs) like covid we were averaging yeah like three three fifty three hundred fifty like people at every event and our i mean our group chat of like volunteers grew to like 50 people i mean like not everybody volunteers every time because you know like uh, life happens and stuff but just like seeing like how our community grew from also at that event that was like not our shining moments we had (laughs) maybe like 60 65 people come so yeah we we grew the community a lot like and and in a short amount of time you know so Mm -hmm. yeah can't wait to be back (laughs) i know (laughs) yeah it's way too long i hope we can do one before we leave yeah I know. I yeah, know. Well, if we can, we'll make it up. <laughs> yes, we'll do our own private daybreaker. Yeah, we'll make it <laughs> or up. Something. We'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that was really putting, like, stepping into the world of producing events and and mm-hmm. and being on the other side and seeing all the organization uh, yeah. skills and stuff required. Um, well, and obviously you loved it because, I mean, you grew the community, those events are amazing, and now you're doing something similar and it's pushing you even more to create your festival. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I am so passionate about Daybreaker. I mean, other than, like, the community, I just, I love, like, everything about it. I love our team. Like, we have our headquarters in New York, so... Anybody that doesn't know about Daybreaker, maybe we should have (laughs) said what Daybreaker (laughs) is. But it's a community um, that hosts events in 28 cities all around the world. And we wake up in the morning, we do yoga, some sort of fitness, and then we dance and we rave like there's no tomorrow, but there's no like there's no substances involved. There's no alcohol that we serve. So it's just a pure moment, you know, for everybody to just um express themselves and it's kind of funny because it's like it's like how I had that feeling at the festival of like people just because we also encourage people to like dress up as part of the theme like we always have a different theme every event if you want to it's not mandatory right but it makes it fun for certain people that like to do that stuff um and yeah I just I love everything about it and our headquarters team in New York is amazing you know like they're always there for us and the the whole like global producer team is incredible like we have a summit every year i mean not this year um but every year usually in november all of us from around the world like gather in new york and they take us to this like secret location for the weekend that we they don't tell us about but it's usually like a cabin in Mm. vermont where it's like snowing outside and and we all just like um you know we brainstorm and we come up with what next year will look like and we bond and connect with each other so i love a lot about daybreaker but and i love everything about daybreaker and i've met like some of them my closest friends now like also at daybreaker um actually my boyfriend (laughs) i i met him at daybreaker (laughs) So yeah, it's it's great. And now, um, you know, since Daybreaker has not been active in real life, I mean, they are doing um, virtual events and they also launched a really cool membership program um, like last week full that's called Full of Joy. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's, a, it's a program called um, or a membership community, not really a program, a membership community 
that's called DOSE. And, and what DOSE stands for is um, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. So it's all your happy chemicals that are inside of you. And yeah, it's like you, you go in, it's not about getting your six pack abs, but it's about just going in and doing movements and classes that, that release those happy chemicals so that you can, you can have more joy in your life, which is what a lot of us need right now. Totally. (laughs) So I think it's, it's amazing that, you know, like, even though we're not able to host events in real life, like they're always forward thinking, they're always thinking about their community and, it's just, it's amazing what they're doing. You know, I love them. Um, and then also I work with another brand now, um, which is really exciting. It's called Abracadabra. Um, and that was created, <laughs> Jeremy, like you guys can't see this, but he was doing a little magic wand movement. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a global community as well that was started by, um, blondish a lot of her know you know that's what people know her as for as her dj name and her partner liana and they they started this brand in 2017 and the idea came about to them when they were in tulum so um originally like a lot of their parties i mean they they were doing events like all around the world they've they've had like a stage at tomorrowland i believe is that the one in that's in um Belgian, yeah, they've had a stage there. They were doing events in Tulum, like all over the world, you know. But then, um, COVID happened, and they they started this digital community on Twitch, which has been has been really really cool, <laughs> you yeah, know. Like I did, well done. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know anything about Twitch before. Like, man, I knew of Twitch, but I didn't know anything about Twitch like before getting, you know. Um, working with them but it's been really cool to see how even though people are not in real life you can still connect in such a it's such an amazing way on this platform it's it's really it feels real it is real but it feels it almost feels like you're with these people you know so um i'm now their community manager and it's been really really fun to just help them grow their community and just connect with these people. Like um, in September, we had an 80 plus hour festival like that went for four days, like 24 seven, nonstop, you know, nonstop. So I guess I kind of have been part of creating a festival now. (laughs) So (laughs) dreams are coming true. Um, But I I just like, I felt so connected to these people that I really felt like I was at a festival, guys. Like it was, it was pretty Mm. surreal. It was, it was like, we were all watching and doing the same thing at the same time and like talking in the chat with each other and just like being there with each other, like, and people not going to sleep like they wouldn't in a festival, (laughs) you know, it was, it was really cool. So, so yeah, that's, that's, sorry, how did you find that job? Did they reach out to you or did you reach out to them? So I got connected to them um, by another really amazing DJ in Miami. His name is Apache, and he runs uh, an event and, you know, brand and community here called Sanctuary. So funny story, I like I added Apache on Facebook randomly, like at the beginning of quarantine. Um, and I don't really even go on Facebook that much anymore. <laughs> you know, like I just added him because... He's in the industry, like Fabio, who I work with in Daybreaker, has always talked so highly about him and like said that he's awesome, you know. 
And I was like, oh, let me just add him on Facebook just to have him as like a contact, you know, like a connect. And then I like right after he accepted my request, like I get a message from him and he's like, hey, Joanne, like, how are you? And I said, like, oh, I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, usually nobody messages me after they accept my friend request. I feel like also, especially if it's a guy, you think it's going to be other intentions. You're just like, oh, fuck off. I'm not going to reply. I was to just this. like, I'm not really sure where this is going, but yeah. it was strange a little bit. And then like a couple weeks before, I had actually watched his live stream that he had done with Blondish. So the DJ that I work with now. And like when I replied, I said like, oh, I'm good. How are you? And then I was like, by the way, like I loved your live stream that you did with Blondish. Um, it was really cool. They actually did it in collaboration with her nonprofit called Bye Bye Plastic, which is on a mission and is, you know, um, on the on the path of removing single use plastics in the music industry by 2025. So they had done a live stream to raise funds for like the nonprofit. And I was like, oh, I loved your live stream with Blondish as well. And then he's like, well, like, funny enough, like, they're looking for a community manager. Like, would you want me to connect with you? And like, now I know, well, I don't, I don't know. I've never, I've never confirmed with him, but I'm guessing he like messaged me because he saw Daybreaker on my, my profile. So he, he knew that Blondish and Liana were looking for someone and he's like, maybe yeah, jojo <laughs> yeah like what could could be the person that fulfills this role and so he connected me with them and here we are today so it's it's pretty cool and so tell us a bit more about your vision about your own festival what would it look like what would it be yeah so i've been thinking about this like more and more lately because maybe maybe i'm getting closer to actually mm -hmm. like doing something about it um well, you'll well, like, be closer for sure <laughs> every know, day you're getting closer true, that's true. <laughs> so you know for me um i you know as much as I, as i love like electronic music a big part of my other passion in music is also like indie music yes. so live music you know and yes. i don't I don't feel like there's enough of this in Miami there's and I think we in Miami I know and I think we've actually spoken about it before yeah. Yeah. about how like I was like I want to bring more like live music to Miami so that would definitely be um one component like you know um live music I mean not saying I'm not gonna have DJs like you know I love DJs too but I do love live music a lot you know and like love there's nothing like a guitar and drums and everything <laughs> like yes, to yes, me yes. it's like you really feel the energy um so live music for sure um probably like some indie influence and indie electronic you know that's kind of like what my 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 passion is in music especially like it's at least right now well i just had my spotify rap to tell me you guys know what that is yeah yeah yeah, my top number one genre was indie soul, and it's like that every year. <laughs> so indie soul music, um, and also like an educational component to it. So like I would love to have workshops, you know, like where people could come and like learn um, at my festival, you know, not just come and, and dance and like party and stuff, but also come to take something away from it, you know, and come like maybe learn a new skill. And and I felt very inspired by that when I went to my first Burning Man last year, actually. 
And that's something that I didn't know much about Burning Man was that there's so many workshops all day. Like when you see videos and you see pictures of Burning Man, like, and before I went, like, I thought it was just a giant party the whole yeah. time. Sounds insane. Like, yeah. But it's so much more than that. Like it's, it's literally a, a city that comes to life and people create their dream city you know like that's like you 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 either go there by yourself with some friends or by yourself or you go part as a camp like and if you're part of a camp like you work together for months before burning man and you build the camp of your dream you know like your dream so like and every camp has an offering and what the offering is is like in Burning Man, there's there's no there's no money like every it's a gifting system. So like you don't go and you buy things like everything is just a gift. And the misconception is that it's like a bartering system where people feel like you have to give something in order to receive something, but you really don't like you. It's literally like whatever you want to bring to to the playa is what they call it is what you know like you bring and there's no expectations of anything in return. So that's also makes it really beautiful because you go and like you can experience so much and you just like then you want to give back more because like everybody's just like giving you <laughs> like everything but yeah like i mean other yes there there's a ton of parties and like um stuff like that but there's also workshops all day where you can go and you can learn anything you want guys like i swear i have a book like i have they give you a book like of every like you know like programming and oh, there's right. thousands of classes that you can learn like over the course of the week you know and it's like anything from people like um I went to like a hooping class and there's like probably like a crochet class there if you want to learn how to crochet like um there's educational talks on anything like on anxiety on on like every like I can't I can't it's endless you know like what you can learn over there yeah. yeah, and that's like the stuff that you, people don't really post about, oh, you know. Yeah. But when you go to Burning Man, like, uh, you can really come back like another another person mm-hmm. <laughs> after, you know, because if you want to learn something, you can literally learn it there. I mean, obviously, like it's a taste, right? Like you don't, you you're not gonna come out like an expert after because, yeah. but it's a great place to go to see what you might want to pursue or to get ideas and that's why a lot of um artists go to burning man you know and and all like all the artists that i work with like with daybreaker with abracadabra like they're all burners you know and and so is pasquale like who created edc like they're all burners because like you go and you you then you apply like you apply yourself after you know like you just get so much like insights and everything there it's amazing so I don't remember how I started talking about Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> you're, t- you're talking about hosting workshops at the festival. Oh, works- oh yeah, that, that's how. <laughs> I just I get so passionate <laughs> about Burning Man that I'm just like, yeah. So I would love to have like that aspect to it, you know, like whether it's like a cooking class or something or I don't know, like a workshop on how to, I don't know, like be a better person you know like anything like i just yeah yeah, i would love to do like live music workshops and that's really like my focus you know like if i create a festival and obviously just like um 
creating like a fun space for people to be able to connect. Um, like one of the ideas I had, I'm not going to give away too many ideas, yeah. but uh, one of the ideas I had is like, okay, like you have um, like a chill area, right? Like where you go and you sit down and you rest and maybe there's like cards there that have questions on them and you can interact with people and ask them things that you don't normally ask people mm. you know like just encouraging people to connect and to think outside of the box like um rather than just asking like how people are like getting deep like kind of like what we're doing now yeah. but like in available to other people you know so but yeah i just i just want to i just want to like create a safe space for people to to learn to have fun and just something that's different in Miami. I feel like mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of electronic music, but yeah, I would love to bring yeah. more live music. You got, you got EDM or you got Latino music, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it'd be nice to have something different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever it happens, count us in. I'm yeah. definitely going to be there for the live music. I'll be front row screaming. Yay! Awesome. No, you're going to be volunteering, hugging at the door. Yeah. 5,000 people. So. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> That's funny. Like, I know that's a really throwing... I don't know how you say in English. Say it in French. But I don't even know. Um, <laughs> I know it's a random question, but I, if you could put a timeline on it, when would you love to make that happen? Mm, so last year, I was like, oh, before I'm 30. So maybe before I'm 30. I'm 28 now. So... Okay. So pretty yeah. short term, nice yeah, like a pretty short term. Program. Yeah, like I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see myself. I mean, like because this is something that I would love to do every year, you know, or yeah, maybe yeah. even twice a year, um, depending on like what happens. But yeah, like I would love to evolve this and and grow it like over time. So yeah, I would like to kind of do it soonish <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So. so okay so we'll yeah. definitely be back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, so another thing i wanted to ask you about is your metamorphosis program that you started mm -hmm. over um quarantine and covid this year yeah. how did that come about and talk to us a little bit about what that involves so metamorphosis um well before i get into it well how i got the name metamorphosis is Last year's Burning Man, which is like the first Burning Man I went to, was Metamorphosis theme. So like every year they give the Burning like Burning Man a theme, and it's Metamorphosis theme. And also the final, well not the final, the last Daybreaker, because it's not the final, the last Daybreaker that we had before you know quarantine happened was Metamorphosis theme as well. And I just I resonated a lot with metamorphosis you know and it's like a it's a transformation right it's like in 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 scientific terms it's like where a caterpillar turns into a butterfly like something that's completely different from what it is transforms mm -hmm. into something that's totally different and beautiful you know and how that happened was is when quarantine happened i i started being more mindful of asking people how they were you know like even if it was just people replying to my story with um an emoji you know like how you can just had add a reaction or something like yeah. whenever people were just interacting with me i would always ask them like hey like how are you how are you doing you know because 
it's it was a it was it is and was a hard time and I just and I wanted to be there for people like if people needed it and one of my friends um we had met not too long before quarantine actually happened it was like right before she was one of them that I asked like how you are and she said she was good but she's struggling a little bit with organization and time management and I I don't know like a little light bulb went in my head because I was like well I'm actually really good at those things you know um those are my strong suits so I thought for a second and I replied to her I was like I'm actually really good at that. Maybe I can help you in some way. And I was like, I'm not really sure how I'm going to help you, but maybe I can, you know? So then we set up a, a day to have a call with each other. And like in between the time of like, you know, us having our call, I just started really thinking, I was like, if I'm going to help Gabby is her name to improve herself on organization and time management like I don't want to just have a call with her and like give her some of my tips in life you know like I feel like that's not really effective and I was like how can I really help Gabby like I really want to help her like I I'm you know I'm like a a person of my word so like if I say I'm going to do something I'm going to really do it until like you know I can't anymore but I do and and then I decided, I was like, all right, I'm just going to create a program, you know? And the name Metamorphosis had come to me because of, I feel like it is a transformation. Like if you're going to, if you're going to take the step to like improve your organization or your life, like in time management, like you're transforming yourself, you know, it's not just about learning a few tips and tricks here and there. Like you really need to put in the work and yeah. So then every week like we we decided like we're gonna have a call with each other and every week i would give her a workbook and i created this seven week program and gabby was my first butterfly (laughs) you know like first caterpillar turned into butterfly and the seven week program oh my goodness like i i i haven't i haven't like i'm gonna be honest like i haven't been super involved with it lately because like other projects have come into my life and and you know like I I I do want to put the time and effort to bringing it back to life again but um the seven weeks is like the first week is introduction so you get to know yourself right so like I have different activities in the workbook that um I came up with to to see like like who you are you need to know yourself before like you can transform and also it's like an introduction to the program and then the second week is and also like the first week introduction is like how I correlated it with metamorphosis is like that's your your chance because that's the birth of the caterpillar but this is your chance to rebirth Mm -hmm. okay so it's like rebirth like you're you're committing to this process of changing your life and then the second week is self-love um and and how that goes with metamorphosis is like as the caterpillar grows and gets bigger it eats like milkweed plants like that's what they actually eat and they nurture themselves with food in order to be able to grow and i chose self-love because i was like well you need to nurture yourself with self-love in order for you to transform who you are because it all starts from within you know like if you're not happy within and you're you're not satisfied and you're you're never gonna be able to change like you really have to work on yourself before you can like offer anything else to the world you know 
So we do several exercises on how to um, to gain more self-love. And then the third week is discovery. So, you know, now that you've committed to the, the rebirth of, you know, doing this and you've learned how to give yourself more self-love, like it's really about like discovering like what's not working in your life anymore, like what's holding you back from from being more effective with your time, like your productivity and things like that. And then the fourth week is about letting go. So that's like the caterpillar, you're discovering who you are, you've nurtured yourself, and then you start, sh like the caterpillar starts shedding um, the skin in order to like get ready to be in the cocoon. Mm -hmm. So you have to let things go in your life that aren't working for you anymore, you know, and that you, that, that just yeah they are not they're not there like and that may be like decluttering like some part in your life and just making room for like new opportunities and then the fifth and sixth week is all about transformation so that's like when the caterpillar gets into the cocoon and you're like in this warm cozy place and you start actually doing the work of becoming a butterfly and you try different like activities that will help you with organization like time management and stuff like that and there's like there's a bunch of things and i always tell like the people that have like done it and anybody like that maybe some things don't resonate with you but some do you know yeah. like not every not not necessarily like writing everything down on a to-do list is like what will work for you. Like you have to find what works for you. And mm -hmm. that's why we go through like two weeks of it and trying different things. And then after that, like seventh week is your time to soar. So like that's when you become a butterfly and yeah, you, you, you're left <laughs> to, to embrace this journey, like by yourself, you know, not by yourself. Like, I mean, I'm always there for them, but um, like, yeah, you do have to spread your own wings. So, you you know what's interesting is that on the on on the paper when you look at okay I'm gonna help you to be more organized and to manage your time that sounds pretty mm -hmm. boring that's not a fun mm -hmm. subject right it's not like the most exciting I'm, you don't think like I'm gonna have the most exciting time of my life yeah um, but you you build it in a way that you're going deeper than that and and mm -hmm. and you're going about like you know like you you don't need to go into self-love and everything but you decided to bring a real human touch mm -hmm. you you decided to be your touch yeah. the human level uh to the thing because it's not just about yeah like you said like do a to-do list and and mm -hmm. do this and now and you're gonna be organized and you're gonna save time like you're yeah. going way deeper than now yeah, that's true. That's you, yeah, you have it. to do the work within yourself, like before yeah. you, you can really transform and And that's why too, it's like seven weeks, right? It's it, they what they say, like it takes 21 to 30 days to like build a habit or something. So that's why like too, I decided to make it more than that, you know, because um, you need to you need to put in the work in order for you to be able to like actually transform. Yeah, yeah and you need so. time to process all the information as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I wanted to ask you, obviously because you're into like organization, have you watched the home edit on Netflix? I have not. Oh my god, no. okay, that's gonna be porn for you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> 
like after watching that i organized alvi's bookcase on one of our friends his bookcase mm. by color he was like are you serious i was like yes so i organized his whole bookcase by color but if you love organization yeah you will love it that's so cool i mean i have watched marie kondo oh, and yeah. i i resonated with a lot like a lot of the things like she she teaches um but it's yeah it, it's it's funny because like i'm organized but i don't like I'm not organized to the point where like I color code things or anything, you know. Like so it's, a different, it's a different type of organization. I'm a I'm just a bigger fan of minimalism, to be honest. Like I feel like the less you have like in your life, the more efficient you're gonna be. Like so, like that's like one of the activities is like pick a place in your home to declutter because I feel like clutter like takes up so much of your time. So like if you have a closet that's like filled with so many things and you know like things that you're not even using if you go in and you're trying to find that like one pair of like pants that you really want to wear like you can't find it if it's like it's all like everywhere you know so i'm a i'm a big fan of just like minimum minimalizing on things and just being like that way and also yeah i don't know just i'm organized but not color coding <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Watch that, the show. That, that was nuts. Watch the okay, show. Okay. You will be transformed. It's <laughs> okay. I mean, that's slightly annoying, but it is incredible. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll check it out. Home ec? Home edit. Oh, home, hem, edit. home edit. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, thank you so much, Joanne, for being on the podcast. It's been so, so lovely like to deep dive and really get to know you a lot better. Because obviously we know you from Daybreaker, but it's been really nice to kind of... I don't know, just get to know you on a deeper level. I'm sure everybody from the Daybreaker community is going to listen and get to know you more as well. Um, wow. Thank you so much for being so open and honest with us. Yeah. Um, one last question before okay. we go. Uh, I forgot in a previous episode. so I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, I'm not the only one that forgets things i guess you got the queen here every single episode i start talking and i forget and i'm like oh shit i forgot i just don't know about no. it that's funny she. um if you could have a conversation with someone that you think is like the most like interesting person ever in your head uh it can be dead alive someone mm -hmm. close to you a celebrity whatever like anyone it can be your grandma, it can be a superstar, whatever. Like, who would you pick and why? Oh, very easy. Like, Pasquale Rotella from EDC. Um, just because I, I, I think that, I mean, he's, like, one of my idols, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? I think An inspiration. That, yeah, he's a big inspiration for me. And I would love to just be able to pick his brain and see, like, you know, like where, where this all really came from. I mean, I've read articles and stuff, but like really just to hear it from like his perspective. Mm -hmm. And I would just love to, yeah, connect with him because I think he's an, an amazing person in this world and, you know, is doing awesome things. And not, I don't really resonate with the type of music that he has at his festivals anymore. And that's totally fine, but I still love like everything that he's doing yeah. you know i think that he's really changing the world and um i would love to have a conversation with him one day interesting have you ever tried reaching Reach out, out. <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm getting closer <laughs> so if there's yeah. one thing i've learned with this podcast is reach mm -hmm. out to people you never know yeah yeah you're right surprised. i should just send him a dm or You'll something you'd be surprised be like, sometimes. hey let's have a <laughs> let's have a chat Who knows? Who <laughs> yeah knows? 
Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Well, thank, thank you. you for having me. This has been really fun. Um, enjoyed, you know, yeah. just getting to talk to you guys and, <laughs> and being on the other side this time. So it's yeah. Cool. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best place to find you? Instagram or anywhere. Hello, Jojo Lee is my handle. Um, I would say Instagram is probably like everybody's like business card these days. Yeah. So that is, like, <laughs> the easiest place. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm Hello Jojo Lee on every platform. Like I've I've made that like consistent now. So, yeah. and if they want to send me an email, it's explore at hellojojolee.com. So yeah. Cool. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And everybody listening, thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you go and follow Jojo on Instagram. Make sure you share this episode with anybody who might be interested and come back next Wednesday for a brand new episode. Um, that's all for now. Bye. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>